0: Welcome to the Harmony Church Podcast. For more information on service times, any upcoming events, or joining a life group, please check out our website, harmonychurch.nz. We really hope this week's podcast blesses you. I'd like to start with something funny. And uh, Are you ready for something funny? Yeah. Okay, that's something funny. Uh, <laughs> you're laughing already. I haven't even said anything yet. <laughs> One one Sunday morning, a pastor noticed little Alex, sorry Alex is not not picking on you, it's just the way it is. There's got to be little, It's a big Alex here, but anyway, it's not. Staring up at the large memorial plaque that hung in the foyer of a church. And the plaque was covered with names, and small New Zealand flags were mounted on either side of it. The seven-year-old boy had been staring at the plaque for some time, so the pastor walked up to him and stood beside him. And said quietly, good morning, Alex. Good morning, Pastor, replied the young man, still focused on the plaque. Pastor Phillips, what is this? Well, son, it is a memorial to all the men and women who have died in the service. (laughs) Don't laugh yet. Not there yet. Soberly, they stood together, staring at at the large plaque. (laughs) Little Alex's voice was barely audible when he finally managed to ask, which one? The 9.15 or the 11.15? <laughs> Sorry, it's a really bad one. i tried a new one. It's your fault right there. <laughs> I'm asking people to send me, send me more jokes because I've got to go two now, and I've got to do seven different ones, like in the morning service. I'm trying to do two different ones, right? Although today I may do the same one because it's 9.15 or 11.15. But uh, So send me any jokes that you have. Not too bad because some people, you know, get really offended by bad jokes. So, so please... Um, <laughs> Please, actually, I tore one up last night, I so said I can't do this anymore, this one, and I taught, actually serious, I tore it back up because some people um, can get a bit, you know, it's meant to be a joke, it's funny, take the mickey out of things, so anyway, it's all good. Today, I want to share about one of the most important, I believe it's the most important uh, message ever, uh, it's changed my life and I want to talk to you about it, so welcome, it's good to have you here this morning. Um, I want to talk about, in the series that I'm doing right now, leading up to grace and glory, I want to talk about, about the, the series is about grace and new covenant and identity. And today I want to talk about glorious grace, but you'll see it in a moment. Anyway, Jesus changed everything. Last week, if you were here, you, you hear me talking about Jesus changed everything. Because Jesus bought us a new covenant. Amen? And this covenant was cut in His blood. Now, there's seven covenants in the Bible. Three covenants are the main ones, and they all relate to three characters in the Bible. One is the Abraham, so the Abrahamic covenant. It's a grace covenant, no law. The second one is a dude called Moses, and Moses is a, is a law-based, called the Mosaic covenant or the Sinai covenant. It's a, it's, a, um, it's a law-based covenant. And then you got the new covenant with Jesus Christ, which is also, again, a grace covenant. Now, if you are a Gentile Christian, if you are a Gentile, full stop. That means you're not a Jew. You know, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Then you had nothing to do with any of these covenants. Not on, not one of them. You were brought into one in the last one, but you it was never made with you. Nobody was there to, at the twelve disciples at the time of the last supper. And when Jesus died, there was no Christ, there was no Gentiles there. Only later on, there came Cornelius, was the first Gentile to convert, and all this kind of stuff happening. Anyway, so God. You know, had made all these covenants with the Jewish people. But then later on we get grafted in, it says in the Bible, right? Into the new covenant. So we can also graft it in because it was the Israel was seen the Jewish people as the olive tree and we as a wild olive branch are then brought into this olive tree but we were wild we had no hope we had no covenant we had no nothing look look it says in the bible here it says so don't forget that you were not born as jews this is in ephesians paul's talking and were uncircumcised circumcision itself is just the work of a man's hands you had none of the jewish covenants and laws you were foreigners to Israel's incredible heritage. You were without the covenants, without prophetic promises of the Messiah, the promised hope, and without God. Hey, you had nothing. We had nothing. But there's always a but, isn't it in the Bible? Yet, look at you now. Everything is new. I- I know it's 9 o'clock in the morning, but you can get a little bit excited about this gospel here. Let Look at you now. Everything is new. Although you were once distant and far away from God, now you've been brought delightfully close to Him through the sacred blood of Jesus Christ. You have actually been united with Christ. Come on. Amen. This is such a good word. This is such a good scripture. This is the gospel. We now have a hope. We now have a covenant. We now have a future. We now have a God. Not only that, we're being united with Christ. This is beautiful. Now, you have to understand, when the the covenant was cut, that's where the new covenant started. Some people don't understand. I'm just saying, I thought last week, but some people were not here last week. When, When Jesus died, that's where the covenant, the new covenant started. So, not before. So, the whole Old Testament, and even into the New Testament... When Jesus did all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff, until he dies, shed his blood. That's where the new covenant starts. That's why some people get really confused because they say, hey, Jesus says certain things here, but he says other things after he dies. What is this all about? It's because there's a new covenant. There are new rules. It's a new contract. The new way of dealing with people. But can I, again, remind you, but the rest we can watch last week if you want to know more about it, that we were never invited to the old. Non-Jews were never invited to the Abrahamic or the Sinai, Abraham, uh, the, the Mosaic. We were only ever invited, not even made with us, but invited into, grafted into the new. Yeah. And the new is so different. That's why people don't understand. That's why you've got to come to Grace and Glory Conference because Chad will help you to explain why it is so important which covenant you live. Because otherwise you can get really confused and you can live with such a mixture in life. Yeah, but what about this one? I was not going to say this, but I think we need to say it. For example, because some of, some of you were not here last week, if, for example, uh, David in the Old Testament, so many Christians used this. He sinned against God. He said, Oh Lord, don't take my Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit from me. That is not a pr- I hear Christians praying this. It is not a prayer that we are allowed to pray, it's not legal. We are in a different covenant. That was the old covenant, because the Holy Spirit would come and go depending on how you were performing. In the New Testament, nothing to do with your performance. It has all to do with the performance of Jesus. And I'll talk to you about this today. That's why it is so exciting to be a Christian. And he is so absolutely amazing. It says here in 1 Corinthians 2, this relates to communion. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Why the Lord's death? It's because that's where the new covenant starts. That's why communion is so powerful in this way. As you know, I do communion every day. This morning again celebrating the new covenant because the new covenant came his body, his body was broken for me and I celebrate every, the life the exchange of his perfect life into my feeble life every morning I say the cup I say Lord Jesus thank you for the new covenant that today I stand on new promises I'm a son of the living God I cannot fail you are awesome in my life I stand on a, c- a kingdom that can't be broken can't be shaken, can't be moved I tell you when you start living that way it's a good life now troubles may come But the thing is, though, you are anchored into what God has done for you. Amen? The finished work of Christ. You know, Peter says this. Look, everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already... Everybody say already. Already. That's past tense. Already been deposited in us by divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him, so who had called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. Come on. on. A glorious manifestation of his goodness. A glorious manifestation of his grace. It is just so powerful. We've got it all. I've got it all. Say to yourself, I've got it all. If you're a Christian, you've got it all. Tell your neighbors, you've got it all. (laughs) You've got it all. Everything we could ever need for life, devotion to God, we've got it all. Now, the question then is, if you've got it all, why don't so many people live in it, in the reality of it all? That's the question. Now, the theme has been for the last three weeks, is that, of course, we've got to receive it. You can be given something, but if you don't receive it, it's not yours. So we've got to receive the revelation of what God has provided to us. And that's why we need to read the Bible. And read the Bible properly. In context. New covenant. Understand what God has said. I mean, Romans is one of the best books to do this in. Ephesians is too. But uh, Romans was actually written to Gentiles. People like us. you know, non, non, Non-Jews. We've got to know. why are you laughing that it's so quiet i mean i love that you don't want to play i don't like just hearing my own voice i love when the music comes a bit of drums a bit of stuff like this but um, you know revelation okay the bible does not teach It's, it's, it's quiet the bible doesn't teach how much we do that determines how we reign in life how we do well in life how we live life well the bible doesn't show how much we do in such a way you know what it says it says how much you believe. It doesn't say so much how much you achieve. Bless you. But it says more about what we receive. Yes, God. Do you want me to prove it to you? Go to Romans with me. Romans five seventeen. One, wow, I love this, this scripture. And the whole Romans is amazing. And Romans 5, you've got to read the whole thing. I can't do it now in five minutes. You know? Before if by the trespass, look at this. Of the one man, which is Adam, Adam and Eve. Death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who receive? Everybody say receive. Receive. You can't change. Every every translation says receive here. I've tried. Look at other things. Receive. Those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, our last Adam. So... We have to learn to receive. See, religion says that we have to do things to be victorious. But Christianity says for us to, to find an increasing capacity to be able to receive and to acknowledge and to see everything that God has given to us in his grace, in his righteousness, will actually start to then enable you, empower you, make you happy, make you glorious, and make you to live a good life. Some of you don't believe me. See, it's our posture to receive that is so important. Then, only then will we know how to reign over circumstances in our life, over problems in our life, how to deal with issues in our life. Then we know how to walk in the promises of God. And not people's opinions and people's issues. Or even doctrines by demons. Demons. talks about this doctrines by demons we believe the church even now believes doctrines taught by demons we can't we've got to see what Jesus what have you done for us what is you done we have so traditionally we have so learned and and of course we we do this in our lives as we go to work and university and whatever he says we work hard to become right And we are so conditioned to do in order to become. And so then we bring that into Christianity. But Christianity is the opposite, upside down. You don't do to become. You become as you receive revelation of who you are. And then you start walking in it. It is the other way around. That's why Christianity is so incredibly powerful. I love this in the Passion Translation. Death once held us in its grip. And by the blunder of one man, the Adam... Death reigned as king over humanity. Well, look around right now. There's still a lot of death reigning over humanity. But now, everybody say, but now. Now. How much more are we held in the grip of grace? you got to say this, the grip of grace. What a great title for a book. It's already been written by somebody, grip of grace. Max Lucado. In the grip of grace. In the grip of Grace. And continue reigning as kings in life and joining our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. So many people are crippled by death. They're not gripped by grace. But they're gripped by death. They're gripped by decay. They're gripped by stuff in their lives. Fear. Coronavirus. Fear. I thought we had authority over those things. So good to hear right now. And uh, have you heard about these yellow jackets guys in, in, in China? Did you know that um, the place where this thing broke out, Wuhan? Wuhan, did you know that is the, that is the, 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 the um, bedrock of, of the underground church, they say? And all these guys have gone above ground, obviously. Yellow jackets, they call called. They're called yellow jackets. And they go everywhere. And the, and the government loves them now. They go, go around and just healing people and telling about the gospel. People go, thousands are getting saved. Wow. People are so scared, you know. <laughs> thousands are getting saved but also so many are getting healed you don't think we can heal this virus come on actually we start praying against this virus it comes from the pit of hell come on let's stand up as christians and say we will not allow this to come into our city we will not allow it to come into my family we're not allowed to go on. this we'll break your power in jesus name are you praying with me yes. come on not let these things just bother us like this it's just another virus fear no we haven't got a spirit of fear faith love good mind Let's stay in our right mind, please. Doesn't mean we don't have to do stuff and clean your hand. Of course you do that stuff, obviously. But let's not be fearful like this, you know. We're we're, we're gripped in, in the grip of grace. And it's so empowering in our lives. It's God himself flowing in our lives. It is so powerful. And this becomes so strong in you, then your identity changes. And that's why you start reigning in life. Because you start changing your identity, who you are, and you know how to face the things in life. And when you know how to receive these things, you become effective, you become fully alive, you become whole in your life. And that's why it's so important that you are a self-feeder. Don't just listen to me, please. I have not got that much to say. It's only my message I have. is Jesus. But maybe others have other things. You know? Feed yourself on the goodness of God. Feed yourself on the finished work of Christ. Remind yourself what God has done in your life. Remind yourself what Christ has done in your life. And receive this truth into your life. And when it starts to be embedded into your life, and you start to walk in that power, it will transform you, and you will start to reign in life. Amen? Amen? Amen. So two things we have to have. It says here, one is God's abundant provision of grace, and the gift of righteousness. Those two things. For us to reign in life. Can we please stand together? I'd like to read something with you together. Ephesians 1. All together, loud, please. Praise. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace May the Holy Spirit and God bless his word. We have received so much in Christ. Everything, particularly Ephesians, it says so much that we've got in Christ. And then we say after, continue reading, it says that we may live to the praise of his glory. I know it's big words, big Christian words. Live for his glory. Live in the fullness of what Christ has given to us. Live in power. Live in joy. This will set you free. Now, what is grace? If we talk about grace, if that's so important in your life, and if it sets you free and it helps you to reign in life, now, what is grace? Now, I've got a few sayings here. Rob Rufus helped us with this a couple of years ago. It was outstanding. Here we go. Grace is, you can read it on the screen. Grace is the divine characteristic that enables, furnishes, and equips human beings to live in a supernatural dimension. Yeah, Amen? Grace carries the refreshing reality of God's ongoing acceptance of us an acceptance not dependent on our failures or successes. Yeah. Come on, it's exciting. God, grace is God's desire to bless us not based on our performance, but on the performance of Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on. Grace reveals that we are loved, valued, and accepted by God as we are. Now this is important. one. Well, look at this. Grace rescues us from the syndrome of rejection and insecurity and tyranny, performance-oriented living, and the endless anxiety associated with trying to achieve and earn acceptance by keeping laws and regulations. Now my question is, why on earth are you trying to go after these laws and regulations? I thought that was the old covenant. Jesus says, a new commandment I give you. New? Yes, new. What is it? Love one another as I have loved you. And he makes it easy for us because he puts his love in us first. And now you love one another. Because just loving one another by yourself is not possible. It's all selfish love, you know. So he puts love into our lives. Grace means that God's correction and discipline does not involve a withdrawal of his acceptance. Yeah? It's not, you know, not Psalm 51. Accept us, but rather approve of his love for us. Grace delivers us from self-effort and the heresy of a self-made person. Grace is not what we do for God, <clears throat> but what he does for us. Grace turns disappointments into divine appointments. Failures into stepping stones to success. Grace brings the sunshine of heaven. Are you, are you blessed yet? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- that's why we're reigning light. This is really going to encourage you, you know, because <laughs> this is who you really are. Grace brings the sunshine of heaven, and it's getting better, by the way. We're not there yet. This is grace. Way too glorious grace. Wait. Okay, here we go. Grace brings the sunshine of heaven into our hearts, it releases us from the oppression of people's negative opinion. Man, come on. Like, anybody has that was like <laughs> and it nullifies Satan's accusations, evaporates guilt and regret. Guilt and regret. Overrated. Grace, here we go. This is the Harmony clan now. And anybody else is Christian. Grace sets us free into what God created us to be, an enthusiastic joyful, spontaneous, unpredictable, risk-taking, secure, bold, and confident people. Come on, this is who we are. Lord, thank you so much for your grace. Now my question then is, what is glorious grace? If this is grace, what is glorious grace? It says here, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given in the one he loves. So what is glorious grace? Glorious grace is the most important thing that you'll ever hear in your life. If you are a Christian or you want to be a Christian? Because glorious grace describes God's view and opinion of you. It's not just about accepting, not about those kinds. It is the basis, the root of God's love and acceptance for us. The way we see God is important, but the way He sees us is way more important. Amen? And as human beings, I'll read this, the most powerful influence to liberate our personhood is not so much what you believe in, but much more who believes in you. Now, my question to you is, of course, we talk about God now who believes in you. But what about us people, who people believe in us? You know, your parents... Some people are sitting in this room here because people did not believe in you. You did not know what to do, and you've been kind of trying to figure out life, and it doesn't work for you. Some people raise up like a miracle, very dysfunctional family, and it's still amazing how they raise up. But normally you'll see, if you were affirmed and loved by your teachers, you can do this. I believe in you. Parents believe in you. Grandparents believe in you. It's amazing how we kind of like are almost like pulled into believing in you in a good life, because I can do this, because I'm awesome. But if you don't feel like you're awesome, somebody does not believe in you, it can be really detrimental for your life. Amen? We've seen people around, right? We've seen In generations, we see this going on. So who believes in you is very, very important. That's why make sure you believe in your kids, yeah. right. your friends, colleagues, people in the world, anywhere. Believe in people. See, now, when a powerful person believes in you, when a person has faith in you, then it liberates the potential of God in your life and you start to reign in life see faith in God is very important but the faith that he has in you is much more important yeah. I mean I'm a little faith big faith God's faith perfect faith no you know, never ending faith if you look at the law of Moses which you're not even supposed to go to but if you do because somebody do and look at the Moses at the thing it interrogates you it says you're never good enough how are you, this and this? It points a finger at you. Hey, I don't want to be here. I want to be here. That is the, that, that's why it's called the ministry of death. The new covenant ministry of life. Because through Jesus Christ, he comes with a whole different plan. And he determines before the foundation of the world to love you. And to speak highly of you. Well, that's amazing. Isn't it amazing? Three people wonderful. This has changed my life. All my stuff in my life. When I found this about eight years ago, when I found this, when I, when I read a book and then some other things, and I, when I found how much God loved me before the foundation of the world, it absolutely rocked my world. I cried for about three days, and for ten days it rocked my world. I felt like I was born again again. It changed my life. And many of you in this church have been changed in this life. Joke. Joke. Truth, faith. Is the discovery of God's faith in us. I'll tell you, I'll read it here. The truth of glorious grace is that the Father, God the Father, that He decided His view and opinion of you before time was created. It says in the Bible here, verse 4, For He chose us in Him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, to make you holy and blameless in His sight. This is glorious grace that your heavenly father saw you found eternally in Christ before you were ever lost in Adam before time began. That's a quote from Rob Rufus. Isn't that powerful? Come on, say it again. It. It's that your heavenly father saw you found eternally in Christ. See, everything is in Christ. We're hidden in Christ. We're alive in Christ. Our newborn spirit in our puku, in our body, in a river here is in Christ. Everything is in Christ. And he saw you in Christ. You were found eternally before you were ever lost in Adam. Ever lost in Adam. See, good behavior is important, but it will not change your identity. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that. And that's what religion does. Do good, and maybe God will love you. And some of you still think this way. I used to think of it for years. I've got to do right, otherwise God will not love me. The Christianity is the opposite like this. He gives you a new identity as sons and daughters of God, completely faultless, completely innocent, completely forgiven, completely justified, and this new identity then starts to change your life because you cannot live the old life anymore because you've been renewed from inside out. Jesus, help me! <laughs> this is so powerful, guys. This is so powerful. That he saw you before the creation of the world. The whole world was not even created. He saw you already. That's was the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world. It was always in God's mind because he sees the beginning from the end. He was here before the whole world was created. The universe and whatever else. And he already purposed right at the beginning. If there was a beginning. Because there's no beginning in God, is it? Anyway. So, all the way through the ages, he saw humanity in Christ. And that's why it's so empowering for us to know who we are in Christ. Because this will help us to live powerfully and reign in life and strength. Can the band come up, please? Oh, Christ get anyway. You're my band, darling. <laughs> You're my band. So important. God feels so much pleasure to you, for you. This is a word for maybe one or two of you. It was, you know, even me preparing it, I was really blessed. Because it's so good to come back to the foundation of our faith. The foundation of grace in our lives. God is not angry with you. He's not mad with you. He's not punishing you. Come on. He's not counting your sins against you sins. Yes, but Jesus paid for those, man. But that's the whole point of the gospel. If nobody had paid for your sins, yeah, you're in trouble. The problem is he paid for your sins. So now you can live a righteous life. Acceptance grace through identity change and empowering grace through this new identity In your life, it is so incredibly powerful, and this will give us stability in our lives to walk in a foundation of grace, of, of boldness, of authority as sons and daughters of God. Some of us have to change the opinion that you have put on yourself, of you, your own opinion. And get a perspective of God's opinion of you. It will change your life. Some of us have to stop having your parents, your brothers and sisters, your teachers define who you are. Because that's not who you are necessarily. I remember Catherine a long time ago, that said, you amount to nothing in the sense of uh, study, right? She said, you're not very smart or whatever they thought you were. And she bought it. And at 40 years old, she says, no. I'm actually quite smart. And she went to university, got a degree at university, and boom, you know. I'll tell you, the power if somebody believes in you, but also the power if somebody does not believe in you. Well, I've got good news for you, that God is not counting your sins against you. He's not looking at your behavior. He's not looking at all this kind of stuff. It's not about that. Remember before the foundation of the world, he saw you already in Christ as perfect and righteous. And this new identity that you received by grace, that's why called grace. Undeserved, unearned, you can't do anything about it. The only thing that you can do is say, thank you, Jesus. And that's it. And then, <laughs> new from the inside, whoa, and your life starts to change. Everything starts to change. Don't give your power away, particularly of who you are. God determines who you are. And let him determine and love you into incredible life in your own life. Some of you need to be strengthened in your body right now, in your life. You need to receive the goodness of God, the love of God, the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's pray together, Father. Thank you so much for your eternal love and acceptance. Lord, your excellent opinion of us just moves us, makes us so happy. It overwhelms us, the value you put on our lives. Father, I pray that the depth of your love and the depth of your grace will so bless us, will so empower us, will so change us, will so set us free. So we pray, Lord, that help us to receive the gift that you've given to us. Lord, we want it all. We want the inheritance, Lord, that we have in Jesus Christ. We want to walk in this every day. Set us free, Lord, of the opinions of ourselves. Set us free, Lord, of the opinions of other people. And may we be secure living only in the opinion that you have for us, that before the foundation of the world, you saw us as righteous and holy and accepted without fault in the beloved in Jesus Christ. May we live in this way, Lord, every day of our lives. I am who you say I am.